Good evening, guys. Welcome back to Hey After Him podcast. It's your host, Dre, and I'm back with episode seven. Today with me is Kumbi and Laura. Hi, Kumbi. Hi, Laura. Hey, Audrey. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm happy to have you and um looking forward to um great conversation with you guys. Today we're going to talk about the causes of um sudden death amongst the young adults. And um our first point of discussion will be what are the causes of sudden deaths? amongst the young generation so we can probably discuss the lifestyle that the young adults are are practicing and um, we take it from there yeah um, I agree I agree with what you're saying you know um, lifestyle is a really big part of, of the causes in terms of are we actually taking care of ourselves? I think that's the question we should ask. And where are we getting it wrong as mm-hmm. young adults? Where are we not focusing um, in terms of just, you know, just taking care of ourselves? Are we going to the doctor's checkups or, you know, are we, are we eating the right foods, the type of food that we're eating, the, the drinks, the substances we take in? And I think that all plays a part to our demise. Definitely, definitely true. Mm. Laura, anything on the lifestyle we're leaving? I think that it's not more of lifestyle. It's just more of the age that we're at. Because when we were younger, we had less drivers, less people that drank because of the fact that we were also underage to do most of these things. Now that we're adults, Mm -hmm. we have to take care of ourselves. We have to drive on our own. We have to cook on our own. We have to... And now we have the legal age of drinking. So I think it's not... Of course, I feel like lifestyle contributes, but it's not really lifestyle. I think it's just we're at the age where we are starting to experience things for ourselves as opposed mm. to when we were younger and our parents may had us experiencing certain things. They protected us from certain things. We're not adulting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, especially when you say cooking, I'm all for junk food. I, I always do that as much as I know what I'm supposed to eat. I always go for junk food. Um, when we were I, growing up, it was like junk food was the specific day. <laughs> that's true. But I think it's also important to note the times that we're living in, not just the fact that we're not adults. Because um, if you look back then, we didn't. there was no KFC. There was no chicken licking. There was no chicken <laughs> in and, you know, pizza in. There was no access to a lot of the foods that we eat now. And I guess that has a really big part to play because if you look at um, our great-grandparents, a lot of the food they ate was organic. You know, it was food that they grew in their gardens, food that they grew in their, you know, farms. And they milled that, yeah. that, that mini meal by themselves. Now we have so, much, so many processes when it comes to our food before it actually gets to our plate. You know, um, just looking at even just regular mm-hmm. mealy meal, it's not, you know, straight from the field, dried to the mill and into your plate. It's, it's really going through so many processes, so many, you know, refining processes. And that really takes away all the good nutrients that are meant to be in our food generally. And there's this whole concept of the GMO that's, that's happening in the West. I don't know, even here in Africa, some countries are actually now producing that kind of food. And that really plays a huge role. And we don't know the effects of it. When we're eating it, we're just like, oh, this is really good. This is delicious. I need my chicken and you know yeah. my chicken wings fixed, and <laughs> <laughs> we don't really think of the, the 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 effects of this food that we're now taking in. What is actually in our food? What is in our drink? And I think that's got a huge part to play. Yeah, like you're right. But can like... we agree? Can can we agree that um, the information is there though? As much as we are choosing to eat what we are not supposed to eat. There's also information on what we are supposed to eat. But that's then, true. It's like how you know that there's organic food there that you can buy, but you just choose to go the other way. 
but then you know organic food now is more like a lifestyle like you know how expensive and pricey it is like you get into discount there's a whole yeah, section where there's some organic foods where our grandparents used to just farm these things and mm. especially when you're in zim like most of these it was things a lot cheaper and you know where to get them like kumosha but here it's like a lifestyle like you have to sure. buy you have you have normal eggs and you have gmo eggs and then you have eggs like it's so complicated now and it's so expensive to try and eat healthy it's way cheaper to just buy kentucky rather than just buy your apples and your salad so <laughs> yeah. and even the way that the stuff is marketed i think the marketing has a lot to do with it you know when you see that juicy hamburger on tv oh, and you're just like oh flame grilled steers oh my but, god you know and then the adverts for the organic food are more you know boring literally it's boring and you know if there's an advert at all half the time there are no adverts so it's also what we're being exposed to subconsciously you know that billboard with the kfc chicken that tv advert with the steers you know uber eats is all over my youtube you know whatever i watch it's uber eats advert you know yeah. so <laughs> it's 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 small things like that that actually play a huge role in the way in the decisions that we make for our lives that's true that's true yeah and so and the type of people is associated with as well like organic food and eating greens is associated with like certain type of people like oh they yeah. oh she eats salads she eats <laughs> you know it's like certain, <laughs> certain people oh she likes salads she's a vegetarian it's like associated with certain people like you hear people from my side of the town saying, ah, why would I have a salad? I'm not like those that, like, it's associated with certain people as well. Like, <laughs> so you're too cool to have meat now. You're too cool to eat healthy. Like, it's, we're associating I know, eating right? healthy with, you know, the sexy people, the hot, good people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't fit in that box, you don't fit in, you know, that type of food. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, so you guys are not willing to take blame for eating junk food. That's all I'm seeing here. Kumbi's blaming advertising team. <laughs> you are saying they advertise better. You're not even going to take responsibility for eating burgers versus a very good, healthy salad. I think it really goes down to the oh, taste wow. as well. Let's be honest. Junk food is delicious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's delicious. That, those Yo, chicken guys, lick I, and wings. So, exactly. <laughs> Guys, I tried eating fruits for a week and veggies. <laughs> I mean, they don't make broccoli like that. They they no, can't. No, no, no. <laughs> Even if we do take blame, see, like, guys, it's just like outside influences. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We can take blame. At the end of the day, it's our choice. But if we have nothing driving us there, which like comes to what you like comes to do we go and see the doctor we don't know what problems we have like mm-hmm. from my house if i'm not sick there's no reason for me to go to the doctor so i don't need to eat healthy because exactly. i don't look i don't look fat i don't look you over oh, not fat i don't look overweight i don't look you know so mm-hmm. there's no need for me to eat a certain way i can eat as much as i like and then you find very skinny unhealthy people just because i don't look overweight because no one takes time to go for a checkup if we all went for a checkup and found it oh my god your heart is full of fat or surrounded by fat whatever the term Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we would take Mm -hmm. action but we don't know so we don't really care like oh it's not doing anything wrong we don't really think of the harm that it does for us like we know the general harm oh junk food causes this but when it affects you personally maybe that's when people would change otherwise start taking it seriously mm-hmm. yeah. and i think if i could add and then there's that, also sorry if i could add mm-hmm. to what just what laura said um i think it also goes down to just how we've been raised we, i i don't know about everyone else but personally um we go to the doctor but it's not a we don't like like what laura said we only go when we're sick it's not a culture of go for a regular checkup every six months go for you know um tests and all of that even when you're not sick and I think it's important for us to actually cultivate a culture of actually going to see the doctor. A lot of us have this, this thing of yeah, you if what you don't know doesn't kill you. <laughs> if mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me, I'm exactly. about to die. You know? <laughs> our, our generation, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's the age that we're at where we just think we're invincible and these things cannot get to us. It's for the old people. And... <laughs> I think that's and how we, 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 we think that we should only go for these... Um, 
health checkups if you're trying to get a visa yes. that's when someone will have a full exactly. body <laughs> just because you need a visa to go somewhere even then even now you need to go check if you're your medical but exactly. even sick guys for some people you don't even have to be you, you actually have to be really 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 sick to go to the doctor I could be constantly yeah. feeling some pain. You have to be dying on sleep. my left side. <laughs> I could be constantly feeling some pain on the side where my heart is, but I'm just like, ah, no, no. I'll be fine. Drink water. But it's only, and then you go to the doctor, and now you have stage five cancer. Stage is there stage five? I don't know. Stage four cancer, and things yeah. are bad. Whereas these things, you could have gotten. You know, you could go for a pap smear every two years or every year, once a year. You'd know, but now you want to go after. Now you can't walk. The ambulance is taking you there. Now the doctor is telling you because we wait until like it's. I think it's how we were raised. My dad didn't like the doctor, guys. <laughs> but I also think I think on top of that, in all honesty, being Zimbabwean and our healthcare system, it's not accessible to anyone. You know. Sometimes you just think to yourself, it's so expensive for me to go to the hospital. Is it necessary for me to spend that money? Let me just use it in my hustle and try and make more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think if we were in a different in a oh, different yeah. setting, um, in a different country, it would be it, it would be something we would actually consider as important. I think also dating back. Are you sure? <laughs> Dating back, the doctor thing, guys, is a Western culture. It's not wrong, but it's a Western thing. Before, no, before that's what came, I was going to oh, say. Sorry. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, and that's exactly what I was going to ask. Could be, is she sure that this is just a Zim no, thing, or we just thing. think this thing is Western? We <laughs> go to the traditional healers. Our grandmothers used to make these concussions for which are very the concussions are still very popular in our culture actually concussions for us so them going to the doctor is, is it was a western thing so it's it yes it comes like the way we were raised but for them doctors just came in and now like you have to go for a checkup why like we've survived all these years without them but they survived mm. all these years without the need of doctors because of what they ate and how they lived exactly now that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys are not going to take blame for anything. Fine. <laughs> Let's talk about alcohol and drug abuse. You know how we are on on the um, you leave one tip. YOLO. That's that's what we give to each other all the time. Wait, do you guys drink? <laughs> you only leave one. Yes. <laughs> do you guys drink? Uh, um, you are... We are trying to teach people something. <laughs> but, oh, wow. No, I just want to I, know. I, like, I before, down. Like, before you give your answers and your opinions, I just want to know. Is this coming from a person that drinks regularly or a non-drinker? Personally, personally, oh I've my cut God, down my intake. I can tell you my little alcohol story. I I have made a conscious decision <laughs> to cut down on my intake of alcohol. Not because I don't like it, but I just feel like it decreases productivity. Okay. Okay, so by cutting your intake, I just want to hear what cutting your intake means. So this means now you drink how often? Cutting my intake (laughs) means that I, for the most part, I don't have alcohol in my home. Um, And if Mm -hmm. I do, it has to be a really good quality alcohol and, you know, something where I just have one drink and that's it. Can you quantify it, like to say, a month is four weeks here? How many weekends <laughs> are you drinking? Um, I can quantify it. June. In June, I've had alcohol once. Oh, that's nice. In the month of June. June. Okay. okay. I'm joking. June is not over. I drink tea instead now. Well, I, I, you know, I think you, you I drink. And yeah. Okay. I drink alcohol. Okay. <laughs> Audrey, I can I can feel that. I can feel that response. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm and thinking. Laura and Laura, I know Laura likes the red wine. Uh, I drink I go with my mood, guys. <laughs> like like after the lockdown in the... But now it's been mm. like two weeks. And even now, I when I went into the mall, I didn't even feel like by, like I just go with the mood. Some di- some sometimes I can go 
a month or two without even drinking because I'm not in the mood. But yeah, when I'm in the mood. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a regular drinker, I have to say. Yeah, I think month or two, okay. You're still better than me. I think the it's the longest I've gone <laughs> without a drink. I think it must have been a month. There was this other time when I was so serious with um fixing my face. You know, I had acne everywhere. So I was just trying to fix that and um I was on these meds. So antibiotics, I didn't have to take alcohol for like three months, but uh, I managed to go a month. Well, without but... alcohol then yeah <laughs> i started drinking so the longest i've gone yeah. is a month <laughs> all right yeah was someone gonna say something no you were about to say something before i asked the question oh okay yeah so i was just going to say you know as much as we know that alcohol is bad drugs are bad we still do these things and, you know, I, I honestly feel that um, it's probably one of the things, like the most leading things on sudden dates for us young adults. Because, guys, we drink a lot. We use different drugs, you know. And no one seems to really care about, you know, slowing down on these things because, you know, we keep telling each other that, you know what, you only live once. Ah, go ahead, do this. And some of us even come up with examples. I list people, I'm like, do you know what? I know this guy. He used to smoke since I was, you know, this age, yada yada. And he's still there, he's still alive, you know. That's that's always my defense when I'm trying to say something. Or I know this person who drinks, you know, every day, but you know, his health is still fine. There's always an excuse to drink or take drugs. Mm. And I think uh, personally, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just speaking from a Zimbabwean perspective. I feel like the young people in our generation in Zimbabwe have taken alcohol drinking to a whole new level. Um, we, huh, we, so that's it is bad as well, but I think South Africa, South Africa has a balance. South Africa has a balance perhaps because it's a big country. In, in Harare, honestly, everyone knows everyone, but I genuinely feel like in Zim, um, and I, I, we drink a lot in Zimbabwe. And on top of that, there's a lot of drinking and driving. You know, people find it okay to still just drive home, you know, after, after a night out drunk. And we don't have easy access to things yeah. like Uber and, you know, the taxis. They're expensive. So you just think to yourself, ah, 15 US dollars to get home. I can use that money to buy myself, you know, five more shots. <laughs> and we choose the shots instead, exactly. of, taking, uh, t- instead of taking a, getting a ride home. And it's, it's been scary. I mean, I had nights where I, would, I was out drinking and I drove. And I'm like, why, why, was, why was I doing that? Why? I really put and you, my life in And remember... The roads in Zim, exactly. our roads are not even the best roads. Exactly. But yeah, we still drive home drive <laughs> after home. 20 shots. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing here, even in South Africa. It's the exact same thing. I remember there were cases the day that they opened the liquor stores here in South Africa after lockdown. And there were just stories of all these accidents that happened around. It was, and it was caused by, you know, drinking and driving. And sometimes you just think to yourself, was it mm-hmm. necessary but you can't, you can't do anything about it because the person is gone already. The only thing we can do is educate each other, yeah. tell each other, you know what, if you feel like it's enough, just stop. If you can't control yourself, don't drive to the event, don't drive back home. If your friend, if you feel your friend wants to drive and they've been drinking, try and stop them, you know? We've mm-hmm. lost so many lives on the road. I think- yeah, you're right. I you think know- in as much as we can say um, don't drink and drive. I think we're all drinkers and we all know that the person that can reason the most is a drunk person. We are here, we're talking about drinking and drive. Guys, I'm <laughs> I've had I'm scared of speed. Uh, I lost my dad to a car accident. So ever since then, every time I'm in a car and I'm always in a car or in a bus or something like that, my heart is beating and I'm so anxious every time. But when I'm drunk, I don't like driving. So when I'm drunk, I used to have this friend of mine who was such a good drunk driver. Your guy. And he used to speed. And I used to be like, yes. 
<laughs> but at the end you. of the day, I'm here and I'm telling you guys, don't drink and drive. So I feel still feel like there's more that needs to be done to that because everyone, we're all like, okay, we're speaking to people maybe that are above 20. Well, I'm I'm guessing 18, 20. And everyone knows that drinking and driving is bad. But even the people that have been in accidents after being drunk and they've survived, they still drink and drive until this day. I know some people that almost died and survived, but now they're still drinking and driving. They're back to drinking and driving. Exactly. Like, of course, you get to a point where you're like, no, I'm never going to drink and drive again. And then they go a year. But, you know, after some time, after the near-death experiences faded, the feelings faded, people get back to it. So I don't know. I don't know if we can say it's access to other modes of transport or I don't know what it is, but yeah, drinking and driving is really a thing. And I can't say we really drink that much. I think it's just put out there that much. I I don't know. Maybe because I'm a drinker. So I don't <laughs> I don't see it as if it's that much. Because, no, because it's, you, you know what? Because it's become normal. Okay? It doesn't feel like it's that much. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a line between drinking occasionally and being an alcoholic. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you you can drink every Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Drink, you know. I think that's okay. And then there's an alcoholic where every two days or every, every day, day you have to have a drink. Mm. You have to have a glass of wine. You have to have every day, you know, something. No, that that's the strange. No, 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 no. I beg to differ. So if I want <laughs> to have you a drink every wine, day, do you drink every day? Tell us. <laughs> You can tell us it's the same just space. because you know there's <laughs> just because maybe there's unlimited supply of alcohol at my house and then you know when I get into the kitchen I bump into a glass of wine and then I just go, Oh, okay, then you know, just a glass. Does that make me an alcoholic? <laughs> Could you do without it? Can can you do without that glass of alcohol? Yeah, you know, you can, if, if there's a whole bar in the house, then, you know, I can't exactly pass it without, you know, uh, having a glass. But if there's no alcohol at all, then I'm fine. You know, there's no alcohol. There's no and alcohol. if there's no alcohol, like alcohol just, for five um, days, are you I'm fine? I'm going to go see. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> wow. You, you guys would never but, survive in my house. Y'all would never point, survive in my home. <laughs> I wouldn't say... It's being an alcoholic. I would say you, I don't know. When when you do it every day, it becomes a habit. It becomes a part of your routine. And once you make something a part of your routine, it's like going to the gym every day. When you stop, you start having withdrawal symptoms. And you don't want to have that with alcohol or drugs, you know? Because once you, yeah, have, true, you go a true. day without wine, in as much as it's okay, you're still thinking, huh, I could have could have then after three days you find yourself getting a bottle uh, a bottle of wine you want to put yourself in a place where you don't have some you don't start to whereas when you don't have wine you're thinking about wine then you become an addict because if you don't have it you don't have it you don't need to spend the night just saying oh my night could have been better i could have been sipping i could have been been cooking and sipping the moment that (laughs) you've made it a habit then you start to have to think, okay, now it's becoming a problem. Why am I drinking it every day? Is it good for my health? Uh, the doctor, uh, Google says a glass of wine a day is healthy. I don't know. Red wine. Saying. Exactly. Red so, wine. You know? Red. Red. <laughs> Please. <laughs> wine. Wine is wine. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. But also, no. But, reason, right? Okay, so... There's reasons to why we a glass of red wine is fine every day. See a doctor uh, and get a proper. <laughs> but also, there's a reason for why people drink so much. Uh, you could be gave an example in Zim. People drink so much. The situation is, I think we've all been drunk, so we all know how nice uh, it is. You forget a lot of problems. Actually, ever you had emotional drink, you know, just drink from your emotions. So I think the situation in the country and the situation maybe in your life, your, the problems that you're facing, sometimes you forget them when you drink because when you drink and take drugs, you have mm-hmm. this happiness that you wouldn't normally have. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's a gateway for people our age because I don't think we were ever taught how to deal with certain issues growing up because people talk about mental health a lot, about, oh, our parents caused this, but to me it's like, our parents also have issues they never dealt with. And now they're in their 50s 
and they've never dealt with it. We are now woke. We're trying to deal with it now, but our parents had them and, you know, so I think we just have a lot of issues and we don't know how to deal with them and we just drink. And I think it's really important that you you actually talked about mental health because we we use substance abuse as a coping mechanism because we have mm-hmm. not been taught or we have not been given the opportunity or the platform to deal with, or, you know, just the know-how of how to actually deal with mental health. A lot of us don't even know what mental health is. A lot of our parents don't even understand it. It's something that is now becoming a big deal in our generation um, because we're now talking about it. We're actually now seeing the effects of what it is. There's a lot of research around it. There's a lot of studies, you know, in psychology around mental health. And I guess that's a, that's a really good thing. But I like what you said, Laura, a lot of us don't know. We might be going through something, but we don't know how to deal with it. So we just run to alcohol because it'll make us forget. And, you know, that ties in. I mean, yes, there's substance abuse, but even just mental health itself, a lot of our young people are, are, are dying because of mental health. People are committing suicide. I have a uni, a uni mate who, who literally threw himself off a building because he was going through it and he just didn't get the help oh, that he yeah. needed. So I think that's a really big conversation that has been started around the world and we need to continue having that conversation on on mental health. But have you, you know what? Yeah. As a person that kind of, I have my episodes where I kind of feel in the toilet, but um, have you checked the prices of therapists? I I wouldn't know in Zimbabwe, but here Mm. they range from around 900 rands. And for for a service that everyone needs, it's not accessible. That's true. I figured it's expensive maybe because not many people do it, but they yeah. need it. But for many people to do it, it needs to be accessible. You can't have That's me. I, I'm not going, I'm being honest. I'm, I might need it, but I need to be at a certain place financially for me to be able to feel like taking out a thousand rand every two weeks for a therapist makes sense, for an hour makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think I can, I can come in there because it's actually, I, I don't know if psychology is still a critical skill in, here in South Africa, but it is a critical skill. Not, so, not many people make it through. I studied psychology with my first degree, and I made the decision in third year that I wouldn't take it forward. I wasn't strong enough for it. I wasn't emotionally strong enough for oh, it. Yeah. And this is but me then speaking I from experience. Um, it's not an easy, it's not an easy, you know, subject to study and you find that sometimes maybe someone wants to do it but they themselves are going through it (laughs) and they're just like how do I even help someone if I can't even help myself you know and I think that's a that's one of the the gaps one of the the gaps we need to bridge in terms of actually giving access training to be in those positions where we can have we can give people you know wholesome help I think also career guidance. From what I've noticed, some sometimes I can't speak for everyone, because we are coming from high school and mental health isn't talked about so much, and we have to go to varsity and you did arts. Psychology just looks like oh, let me do psychology. Like uh, no one is really mm-hmm. taught what is psychology. What are you getting yourself into? Yes. Is it something what that you think because it was the next best thing, or do you genuinely? like you know want to do it most psychologists end up turning into hr which is which is a good thing and but and doing other things but you really have people that you know the most frustrating thing is to go for therapy and your therapist is not, is just not there just, I, I don't know you need yes you need someone that you can understand but i feel like most people just some people just get into psychology, just like medicine. Oh, I want to be a doctor. But then when they get there, they're like, oh, this is not what I thought. Like, yeah. Oh, and that's a, I want to sit in a That's exactly what happened with me. Someone, but mm. when you... I that happened with me. With the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. When you just like... I, and for me, it was so eye-opening because, I mean, obviously you do case studies. And you just like, first year, it was a breezy, like, yeah, psychology is dope. Our second year, it's dope. And then you now come through and they tell you there's a disorder. There's, a, there's that disorder where someone will have multiple personality. Yeah, multiple personality disorder, right? 
and someone can be 50 mm-hmm. people in one and one moment she can be you know uh she can be herself the next moment she'll just turn into being her kid version and in the next moment she can turn and be a you know i don't know a guy some other man and you know it's it's crazy and that's when you're just like it requires strength <laughs> it genuinely requires strength and it's, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that there aren't a lot of people who are in a position to 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 actually become therapists to actually go through the training get their masters in psychology and actually become you know psychologists and that's how we end up with just you know our counselors who I absolutely appreciate but there's some issues that we're going through as a young people that even our counselors can no longer assist us with yeah that's true you know and you know what guys I just had um I was just thinking of something before I actually say this wait um what does a psychiatrist do do they only deal with mentally disturbed people or just mental health issues does it psychiatrists deal with mental with mental disorders so for example they deal with your schizophrenia they deal with your um, multiple personality disorder bipolar disorder adhd you know you know, I'm just thinking now, and I'm so guilty, like when you were saying that um, we don't really know uh, anything about mental health and what, you know, I'm just remembering there was a time, um, when was it? I think in 2018, yeah, and um, my husband was still alive then, but then uh, he was going through he was one person who used to think a lot, like he was just a thinker. You know, you could think of something and then stress about it until, you know, it takes away his peace. You know, he would just think to, you know, deep his lens. So there was this other time that, um, you know, he told me, he's like, Dre, I've just been thinking a lot. And then, you know, me being me, I'd like to say me being black, you'd be just like, ah, sure. You know, I mean, uh, why are you stressing about stuff you know I get over it you know something like that you don't really take someone seriously and then I'm actually remembering that there was a time that he went to see a doctor and then that doctor um, referred him to a psychiatrist so at first I asked him what did the doctor say when you went and then he's like ah nothing and then after a while then he's like ah he said I should see a psychiatrist then I, then I was so confused and I'm thinking, what? Uh, you're not mad. You're not crazy. You know, that, that's the first thing that came into my mind. Uh-huh. I was like, but you're not crazy. And then he said, um, you know, Dre, for some time now, I've just been feeling suicidal. And I was like, no, I, um, I don't believe that, you know. And I just and I'm thinking about it now. You know, I didn't take the conversation seriously then. But then now it's it's all coming back. And he was so serious. And then he, he actually told me, then he's like, Dre, you know what? I've been feeling suicidal. But then that was the time when I was pregnant. We had just discovered that I'm pregnant. So I just thought, you know, being the person he is who stresses my child, you know, this guy's just um, panicking that now he's got this whole responsibility coming up. And, you know, mm. he has to do the whole Ebola thing and whatnot. That's what I just told myself. So I'm like, you know what? He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I did not even take it seriously. And that was someone who was very close to me. And I think that's just you how see? I would... So that really shows our, mm. you know, how guilty I am. You and know, that's, that's of, how um, our parents yeah. respond as well. The ignorance on mental health issues. That's I think how our parents with, respond. Yeah, I think with education, for me, before, I think accessibility... If it was because we also have a lot of self-diagnosis happening because now it's coming to light. Someone can be like, oh, I have multiple personality disorders because they Googled about it. Mm. These things, we need to take them seriously. Same way, it's a disease. You need a doctor to give you a diagnosis. Right. You need to go and see mm-hmm. someone so that they tell you. And mm-hmm. some of these things you need medication for. When you become a harm to yourself and to others in the society, you need uh, help. And you need a doctor. It needs to be more accessible. Where people need to go and see. It needs to just be accessible. Because if it was more accessible and you could go and see a therapist for, let's say, 
fifteen dollars consultation. You know, yeah, I don't know how much people pay, but that fifteen bucks, you sit for an hour. You'd come out of there knowing more about yourself, but knowing more about yourself will make it easier for you to know more about other things. It's like when you have tonsils and you're told you have tonsils. The next person, someone tells you how they're feeling, you're like, oh, I know that feeling. When I went to the doctor, they said I have tonsils. So because we don't know it, we are only getting diagnosis from Facebook, from Google, from other people that have been to doctors. But most people haven't been to an actual doctor. And these things such as suicide, culture says it's ingos. Right. You commit suicide. <laughs> people don't take it. Yeah. And they want to, the people, these people are buried differently, you know, etc, etc. Whereas it's very easy to get to a place of being suicidal because it's a thought. The mind is very strong and it's very easy to get to that point. So it just. To interfere there, um, I just want to check is, is your volume yeah. up, Laura? Oh, yeah. I just put it up. Sorry. Um, Kumbi, are you yes, hearing Laura clearly? Oh, okay. Um, it just seems like how both your volumes have gone down, but anyway, it's fine. We can proceed. Yeah, I think, I think if we, I don't know how we'd start with 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 fixing everything, but maybe mental yeah. health. I feel like if we'd start with mental health, we'd fix a lot of things because the mind is the strongest or whatever. I don't know what to call it. I think I think it's important. It's important to 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 get people our age, to get young adults, to get even the young teenagers to be more self-aware. To be intentional about being self-aware. Self-aware of who they are, self-aware of how they're feeling, what they're going through. And to also um create platforms or just to create environments where they can share with no judgment where they can share their feelings. You know, there's this whole thing of in our African culture, murume hachemi, you know? And you see parents teaching their kids at a very young age. Yeah. Little boys, you'd be like, boys don't cry. Boys don't cry. Stop crying now. Boys don't cry. And I think, you know what? If he's crying and he's feeling hurt. Yeah, like it's a crime is, to and show he's emotion. going to remember that for the rest <laughs> of his life, that boys don't cry. So now when his mom passes away, boy is not going to cry. And yet he's hurting and he doesn't actually get a chance to deal with that grief. When he fails his exam and he's hurting, he doesn't cry because boys don't cry. So he's going to decide, he's going to then, I mean, let's say it's A level and he got three points or two points. And he's, he wants to cry and he's hurting, but he says, you know what, I'm just going to go drink instead. You know, yeah. and now that's where his, you know, alcohol, you know, substance mm-hmm. abuse starts. That's where the journey started. He failed his O level, and I instead of hurting, he he goes down that path. Yes, Audrey. I think on on that note, um, I see a lot of people, generation, blaming or blaming their mental health on African parents. Uh, oh, my parents did this. In as much as this is true, I want you guys to look at it from their point of view. They lived in a society where these mental health issues were not talked about as much. Mm, they went they through the exact better. same thing. They went through to the exact. We went through the exact thing. Through the exact things we are going through, mm-hmm. but didn't talk about. It. They don't know. They need therapy as well as we do. That's true. So you can say, oh. I'm like this because my mom, she doesn't care. She doesn't want, she's who she is because of also what she went through. Our parents don't tell us their childhood. We have people coming out and saying, oh, I was raped when I was four. And now they're talking about it. People don't even talk about it anymore. Some people talk about it when they're 40. We don't know how our parents grew up. That's we true. don't know why they are the way they are. So look at it from their point of view. Like they need help as well. You need help. They need help. And you need help for your kids because Otherwise, the cycle is going to go on. That's true. You're going to say, oh, the way I was raised, and then I'm going to raise a child in the same mentality. Mm, because you don't know any better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we don't need to get these opinions and advice from social media all the time. Like, let's do this, and then you go, okay, let me raise my son this way because they said this Twitter, this was trending. G- get personal, proper help that works for you on your uh-huh. own because you might think oh i went through something similar with audrey 
but it wasn't it did it hit you differently it affected you differently uh-huh. you had different levels of support so it's still you people are just going on with the trends like i feel like mental health now also it's good that people are talking about it but i hope it's not just another trend mm, where people are just being woke on twitter <laughs> woke it's twitter that's mm-hmm. true and I think it's good that you actually brought up the whole um, social media thing. I think that's also important to touch on this topic. Um, social media is also quite a quite an accelerant of of young people dying. Social media, in the sense of um, just the pressure. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, there was just a problem with the connection, but we are back online, and. Um... Yeah, you, you guys can continue from from where we left. Yeah, so I was talking about um, social media. Laura brought up social media and people going mm-hmm. to social media to, to, you know, to talk about these things, but are we actually doing the work on the ground? And I, I just wanted to talk about how social media has also been such a big part in terms of loss of lives among the young people. Firstly, in the sense that there's so many social pressures that come with social media. I think we have so much access to each other in a way that we never had Mm -hmm. before you know i have so much i have easy access to someone who is in the states or in england or you know in france and they have easy access to me i have easy access to the celebrities and we see the lives that people are living and we start thinking well am i good enough am i doing enough am i pretty enough you know and we start hating ourselves and dig ourselves into this hole of i'm not worthy because of social media that's one reason. And I think that that's actually a really big part of, you know, our mental health. But another p- part that social media plays is cyberbullying. We've lost so many young people to suicide because of cyberbullying. And I don't know if we talk about it enough. When people are making those jokes on, on, on Twitter and they're just trolling and, you know, they just say, it's just banter. It's not just banter. You are yeah, dragging true. people. You're pulling people down. You are messing up with their self-esteem, their self-worth. And who do you think you are to say that someone is ugly? Because that person is going to look in the mirror and every day tell themselves, I am ugly. That's what and, they see. Yeah, you true. know, that's what they start seeing. You start making them believe something that they never believed before. And it's, it's only human. We, it's very difficult for you not to take something that someone says about you seriously. If someone has an opinion about you, no matter how strong you are, it takes a lot of, of, of mental strength for you to say, I don't care what you think of me. I am who I am or I am who God says I am or, you know, wh- whatever you believe. But it's very difficult and it takes a lot for someone to do that. And we've lost so many young people, um, teenagers especially, to, to, to cyberbullying. And we need to talk about that more. I think uh, there's a thing where people feel like because we're not seeing each other, is better. Cyberbullying is the same as high school bullying. High school bullying, mm. remember, mm. you ever walked past a group of people and they just laugh and start throwing jabs and all that? It's the same. But people feel like it's better because I'm not seeing you or I don't know you. So we feel like it's better, you know? Imagine having half the timeline on your case. You're so ugly. You can't even, you can't even speak properly. You can't even... It's, it's really... It's really bad, guys. And you have these people that would never say this to your face. But they feel so much better when they say it because they can't see you. They don't have the guts to look at you and say, oh, this because they know that what they're doing is wrong. The reason they can't say it to your face, Kumbi, is because they know it's wrong. No one is going to walk up to you, Kumbi, at Queen of Hearts and say, you walk funny or you're ugly. They True. But they have the guts mm. to say it on social media. It's like the same people with troll accounts. The reason they can't come with their faces or they can't come with your real names is because they know it's not right. So it's just a case where people just want to be cool. But I don't know why we think it's cool or why these people to be mean. get so many followers or get... I don't know. It's cool to be mean. It's cool to always have a clap back. It's cool. Like, come on, guys. We really, because we use people want to downplay ban- when it's banter. They want to downplay social media when it's banter. But when it's time to make money, people make it from social media. When it's time to do good, people sign petitions from social media. But somehow when it's banter, it's not that deep. No, it's the same. Like we're living in a very, in an age where people use social media for everything. So 
watch what you say, who you say it to, and how you say it. It's still the same concept like school. But, eh, I don't know if people ever get this. Mm. But I think what we just have to do is to, you know, play our part in whichever way possible, whether it's our influence in our, on our different platforms, to just, you know, encourage better lifestyle and to encourage, you know, a better way of just doing things and living life and just being the best yeah, versions of ourselves. I've learned to not engage. Don't engage. Because what happens is when you engage, whether you say something positive or negative, you're giving them exactly what they want. The reason mm. someone says something new to you, Kundi, is not because they want you to walk past them or they want you to not hear it. They want a reaction. They want you to hear it and say something, you know. So it's kind of don't give them a reaction. Don't even say things like, ah, did you see what she's saying? It's not right. That's a reaction. The fact that, oh, I made, yeah. I made everyone mad tonight. Everyone's talking about me. Some people feed off that. That's very toxic. And there's a, there's a name for that also. I don't know what it is, but I think psychology has a name for those people also. They're sick. They don't know it, <laughs> but if they go see a doctor... <laughs> <laughs> they're sick <laughs> no if they go see a doctor and explain why they feel better when they, they why they feel better when they're degrading someone else why they feel better when they're lying it's it's something mm. what are you hiding from why can't you just there's something is wrong why are you this negative person why are you so happy when you're causing pain you know serial killers they're so happy when they kill they're happy they enjoy it but it's bad they're sick the same people, they're killing your ego. They're sick, guys. They don't know. They also need <laughs> So, yeah. So that means we just have to keep on encouraging each other, you know, to stick to this whole thing where you block all the negativity out of your life. Mm-hmm. When someone says something, I don't know. It's really hard for you know to for you to just move on, but well, I mean, I think we all need that now as a coping mechanism. Like somewhere in your brain, you have to just tell yourself that you know you block negativity out of your life. Just tell yourself yeah, that. That's it's, not, true. it's not me. Yeah, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Yes, hard as it is. <laughs> Because people won't stop, you know. <laughs> people are never going to stop calling people fat. People are never going to stop calling people skinny. People are never going to stop calling people ugly. You know, it's... So I think everyone just needs to deal with themselves. Like, you deal with your own mind. Tell your mind that the only things and that you take in are things that build you. And then you don't let all these negative things eat you up as you go with life. Yeah, and some people like it. And remember in high school, I don't know if there was the same dynamics, like people that were so vocal and said what they wanted, even if it was bad, people were kind of afraid of them and they liked that, you know. So it's the same. They know me. They know me. I can say what I want. They know me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It, it's the cool thing. <laughs> they are sick, guys. They need help. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really bad. But on a serious note, um, I, actually I think... think they do need mm-hmm. help because look at it this way. How are you okay with... Why are you so okay with causing someone pain? Normal. Mm-hmm. They need a therapist and they genuinely need to get help. Because some of these people are running away from their, their own insecurities, their own upbringing. They learned to deal with rape or other issues at home by going out there and being a badass. Yeah, true. So sometimes when people say things, my advice would be, look, th- think of them like, it's not you. It's them. Maybe something is wrong with them. Like, they need help, not you. <laughs> and uh, on that therapy that you just mentioned, um, I just realized that there are quite a lot of places that are actually free, you know, that um, you can go for therapy. It's something I didn't know, but you know, I, I started doing some research when I got interested in mental health. There are quite a number of organizations here in Zim that actually give... Um, the services of free therapy and uh, I think it's it's also good that people start looking into things like that because yeah. um, therapy is expensive but then yeah there are places you can go for free free therapy 
I don't know if it's free counseling or therapy is more it's advanced. Counseling. I don't know how you can put it. But <laughs> I, was, I was going to mention, I was going to say there's a difference. There are a lot of organizations that, yeah, that, that offer free counseling. But counseling and therapy yeah, are I very two different things. <laughs> Please explain. But I think it will do something. I mean, we can't afford therapy, but just try something yeah. else, you know, counseling. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it does help. <laughs> Just you being home with your thoughts. I mean, just go talk to someone for free. And it's just maybe sometimes you don't need you you don't need someone to give you any solutions. You just need someone to listen. That's it. Someone who doesn't know you to just listen. Exactly. Or maybe you are tired of a friend like Dre who just says, "Ish, my friend, this is hard." (laughs) Ah, drink. You know, when someone says something, I'm like, "Ish, (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know what to say to you." But ah. My friend, let's just have a glass of wine, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, when you're tired of things like mm. that, <laughs> just try talking to, some, to someone yeah. else. Also, I don't think it would be right for us to talk about everything and not encourage people to just pray, you know. Prayer right. will, will help you in a lot of these yeah, issues, true. starting from oh, drinking too much, starting from the lifestyle that you live, starting from a lot of things. It will help you avoid a lot of things in life so just even mental health it helps for some people some people actually need a therapist but also prayer just pray and find the comfort in god because when you try and find the comfort in worldly things social media and looking the part and being what everyone else wants it'll put so much pressure on you just find comfort in god and just and just pray i think yeah, people need to do more of prayer. I don't know if Christianity is a trend or social media thing and people are just posting quotes, but yeah, people need to <laughs> pray. People need mm-hmm. to pray more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that also depends, though, if, um, you know, your faith is, you know, there. Because sometimes you find that you actually just find it difficult to pray, but uh, you know you'd find it easy to just go go out there and do what you're not supposed to do. You know, prayer is not for. So, I think it's also. I think it's not for people that prayer is not for. Prayer is not for people that are firm, or the Christians that we know. You know, there are people that you know. Hey, it's this one prays <laughs> that you just think. I think. <laughs> I was listening to a sermon that you're saying Jesus always hung out with people that were very controversial. So you don't have to pray a certain way or the way religion has made it so accustomed, which you have to live this way. You have to do this and do this and do this to have your prayers answered. When you seek and you make the effort to want to pray bit by bit, it will start working out. You don't just say, I want to start learning how to pray today and tomorrow you are a prayer warrior. You grow. It's like working out. You make the commitment, I want to start. And every day, bit by bit, you start and you grow into it. You don't just start today and pray in tongues and it's you grow. It's maturity. You, have, you start today, you say, our father, tomorrow you say something small, tomorrow you say something small, until after some time, you get there. You can't push yourself or pressure mm-hmm. yourself or feel bad because, oh, I'm not like... Ningi who prays and already she's flying the holy spirit is coming for her you know it's not you have to just <laughs> gradually grow into it it's not a thing you know because all christians are the most judgmental also <laughs> oh that's a that's yeah, a whole conversation a... <laughs> for another day <laughs> that's one we could yeah, go on and on tonight we... <laughs> we could go yeah, on and true. on <laughs> if we touch on that we... We are never gonna finish. Okay, fine, guys. Just to just to wrap this up. Um, yeah, but we pretty much said it all. I was just going to say, probably you just tell us what you think that um we should do as young adults, you know, to to prevent um these sudden deaths. Or if you are of the opinion that there's really nothing we can do, um like personally i'll I'll say this i personally think that um we don't have control of death so whether i live a healthy lifestyle or i don't or whether i don't do certain things or i do them i just think that you know at the end of the day you know if you're supposed to die you will die but that's me and i know it's not really (laughs) 
a good way of thinking because now I can just see someone who's eating a lot of fats and I'll tell them, ah, Ijka, you are going to die anyway. Uh, maybe not from this, but you could just walk there and then be hit by a car and then the next thing you're gone. But it's not the burger that you're having that's going to kill you. It's, you know, the road um, traffic accident that's going to happen. So that's that's my thinking now, you know, uh, due to things that I've experienced. I don't really think yeah. that anything you do or you don't do actually, um, what, what, how can I put it? Actually um, gives you a longer lifespan or not. But then in your opinion, what would you say to, to the listeners? Uh, uh, can I just preventing sudden deaths or, yeah. Can I just come in on that? I think it's a, mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of perspective. I, I don't look at it as what can I do to avoid death. You know, I know that I'm I'm mm-hmm. going to die, but it's what can I do to ensure that I live the best possible life I can whilst I'm I'm still alive. And it's that mm-hmm. change in in you know that shift in mindset that has made me mm-hmm. even make the decisions I I make now where I'm like, um, for me personally, I don't like pain. I don't like feeling sick. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's mm-hmm. a feeling that just, I, I don't like it. And I realized that, you know, alcohol, after drinking a certain amount of alcohol, I wake up and my body is aching. I have headaches that even painkillers cannot kill, you know. I mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because of that, I'm stuck in bed and I've just lost a whole day and it just makes me feel crap, you know. And yeah. I look at mm-hmm. myself, I'm like, this is not my best life. I'm not living my best life and the reason why I am feeling this way is because I consumed this much alcohol yesterday right so it's not me looking mm-hmm. at it as I'm not drinking alcohol because I don't want to get liver cirrhosis it's, it's looking at it as I am doing this because I want to live my best possible life whilst I'm still alive and I want to make I want to do what I, ca- what I came here to do what I was put on this earth to do I want to serve my purpose in the best way I know mm-hmm. how and if this is something that's going to stop me, if my mental health is getting in the way, I'm going to seek help because I want to be the best that I can be. Okay. I don't know if, yeah. if it's yeah. making sense. So it's not looking at it, it as, it sense. it's not looking at it as death. I don't want to die because we're all going to mm-hmm. die anyway. You're very right about that. We're all going to die anyway. So if this is what's going to make you feel happy and if, it's, if this is what's going to make you feel like you are genuinely living the best life that you can live, then go ahead and do it. But a lot of times it requires a lot of self-awareness and intentional living. And I'm going to end with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Kumbi. Laura, do you have something to say before we close? Pray. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say do what makes you happy, but then that kind of contradicts because what if being unhealthy or being like you know an alcoholic makes me happy? So I then yeah. start with, so I then start with when you pray, the things that make you happy make you better. So then you start to do things that make you happy because now you I don't know. Prayer, yes, is discovering God as well, but it's also discovering ourselves because prayer is an intimate thing. You also discover yourself as you're discovering God. And it's a very beautiful thing to know yourself and take time for yourself. Do the things that you love the out, outside of the drinking and the, you know, like travel and ETC, ETC. There's more to life. There's more out there instead of just hovering don't be so closed and i don't know guys i would just say pray because when you do for me that's what worked for me it will change what makes you happy and when it changes what makes you happy your perspective like kumbi was saying changes as well like Mm -hmm. so i would say turn to god one day at a time and try to love yourself more discover yourself what you like try new things you'll never know what you like not new bad things. Yo, this is so this is so subjective. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Mm. Uh, all right, thank you, Laura. I think on the prayer thing, you could have been talking to someone. Yeah, someone who's listening. You know, someone in this discussion. Thank you for that. 
So yeah, thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show, and um, I really appreciate. So, and I hope the listeners enjoyed listening to you guys, and I'm pretty sure everyone managed to take something from this conversation. Thank you. Thank for you for having me. Three. All right. Cheers. All right. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with the two young, lovely ladies, um, Kumbi and Laura. Just to give you a brief info on them, Laura is 25 and she studied sociology and she's currently working in the admin. And um, Kumbi double majored in psychology and French and uh, she's currently at an NGO in Johannesburg which specializes in providing HIV services. And um, she also has a YouTube channel, Tetehomba. You can subscribe and get to know more of what she does. So thank you for listening, guys. And I really hope that um, the episode we had today was something that most of us can relate to as young adults. And I really hope that um, you're going to do more, you know, in, in taking care of yourself and uh, making the right decisions. So thank you guys. And I will be with you in the next fortnight. Good night.